The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Today in focus, slowing growth at cloud companies, and today's case study comes from Elon Musk's cost-cutting campaign over at Twitter. Have a listen. I think I need to um, stabilize the organization um, and just make sure it's in a uh, financially healthy place um, and that the, the, the product roadmap is clearly laid out. But how much can you really slash while keeping the business running? Musk has been able to keep the lights on shore, but it has come at a huge cost to fundamentals. A 40 percent annual decline in revenue and earnings. That's according to The Journal. In terms of those cuts, first it was headcount, of course, then it was office space. It's Salesforce bill by some 75 percent. Now, reportedly, it's cloud bill with Amazon Web Services. And AWS could be a new kind of test here because Amazon is also an advertiser on Twitter, and the information reports that Amazon has threatened to withhold payment for advertising it runs on Twitter because Twitter is refusing to pay its cloud bill. More broadly, though, this showdown is really highlighting the vulnerabilities at both of these companies. The slowdown at the cloud giants, Amazon, Microsoft, Google, that is already one of, if not the most important story in software this year. These models are consumption-based, so you only pay for what you use, and as it turns out, it's pretty easy for companies to cut their usage and their bills. Look at Amazon's cloud growth over the past six quarters. It has been hit very hard by that trend. The street is skeptical that it won't come down by even more. Twitter and Musk, they're only feeding that skepticism, suggesting that customers could also ask for cost breaks, something that Amazon CFO, he actually pitched on the last earnings call. Have a listen. Our customers are looking for ways to save money, and we spend a lot of our time trying to help them do so. This customer focuses in our DNA and informs how we think about our customer relationships and how we will partner with them for the long term. Sarah and Carl, in good times, that obsessive focus on the customer, that's, of course, a good thing. But in these software economic times, that loyalty could get tested and comes at the expense of growth, as we have seen with Amazon and the other hyperscalers, by the way. Yeah, although we've been around long enough now, Dee, where we've been through a couple of these cycles, and when price cuts come to, some to, come to cloud and come to software, then you really start getting into severe market share battles, which, uh, which can get bloody. I think that's one of the key differences of this environment that we're currently in. A few years ago, when you saw these price wars between Google, Amazon, and Microsoft, um, it was about taking market share. Now it's a very different reason. You've got customers coming to them and asking for deals or cuts on their contracts or their consumption use. So this time, they may not actually be gaining market share. We're talking about some of the other smaller players, like in Oracle. They're just seeing their growth slow, and Amazon could be particularly vulnerable here because while it is the biggest of those three cloud giants that I mentioned, it is also now growing the slowest. All right. As for their, these reports about them slowing construction on their HQ2 mm-hmm. in Virginia, uh, some local officials tried to downplay it and say we don't think they're really stopping anything. It's just more of a, a pause given uh, the environment. What was your take on that? I think that that's what they have to say. You also heard a similar line from the property developer on that project. You saw that huge share price, JBG Properties, um, last Friday when this was announced. And they're kind of walking back, and Amazon is as well, saying that they're pausing here and they're reconsidering. 
But as time goes on, and we know that Amazon has been underperforming by a huge amount, not just the S&P and the NASDAQ, but some of the other big tech names, is it going to have to do more? So it's fine for Amazon to say this now. They're looking at everything. This isn't the first thing that they're looking at in terms of HQ2. They're looking at property spaces um, in other areas of the country also. How far does it go? And they probably don't know because this is also connected to the cloud story we were talking about. This is the profit engine of the company. If it's those more than expected, they're going to have to look to cut costs in other places. Deirdre, with some, uh, look, IPOs are not dead, although maybe they are if you're in London. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, the window's still shut, but we're getting signs here. We've talked about it. And the first major IPO in about a year could be a big one in terms of both money raised and market valuation. That would be SoftBank-owned chipmaker Arm. It's reportedly looking to raise at least $8 billion in a U.S. listing at a valuation of 30 to 70 billion, that is a huge range. And it kind of tells us where we are right now in the IPO and semiconductor landscape. Chip stocks, of course, have been extremely volatile over the last 12 months, weak in terms of consumer and enterprise demand, but exciting in terms of the secular trends of digital transformation. Of course, the chat GPT AI hype. The IPO window, as we have discussed, has been frozen shut. So you might expect that banks are vying to get into this deal, and that may also account for that wide range. Here is Arm CEO Renee Haas on Tech Check just a few weeks ago talking about the IPO. We're being very careful, as you said, as we're uh, preparing for an IPO. We are fully committed to making that happen uh, this year and 2023, and plans are well underway. So we need to balance that with uh, with hiring and making sure that we're uh, able to capture the long-term opportunity, which we're most excited about. Arm itself occupies a very unique strategic position in the chip space, one that SoftBank CEO Masayoshi-san hoped will lead to what he hopes, quote, the biggest debut in the history of the semi-industry. Now, the UK-based chip company designs core chip components across the tech ecosystem. So when we talk about Apple's M1 and M2 chips changing the game for processing power and putting Intel on the back foot, we're talking about ARM. It's at the center, ARM's designs. They're also powering Amazon's latest cloud computing technology, helping it to become more vertically integrated. And more broadly, guys, it's allowing more and more tech companies to bring more chip design in-house. So for software, Bank and Masasan, the stakes here are very high. An ARM IPO would be a major windfall and helping really to make up for continued losses in the Vision Fund portfolio and that sell down in Alibaba. And we know, Kelly and Joe, that Masasan has taken a step away from the big soft bank overall. He's not doing the earnings calls anymore because he is focusing on this IPO. By, by the way, so total combined market cap of listed companies, number one, New York Stock Exchange, number two, NASDAQ. Shanghai, Euronext, Tokyo, Shenzhen, Hong Kong, Mumbai, London. That's how far down London is. I mean, yeah. is, is, this, is there a Brexit, you know, angle here? I wonder. I'm still, I'm, I, I want to check the math on, on that range. I mean, did, did you check that math? Seriously? But then I thought, you know what? Look at a tech stock when, when it's trading. That's true, not true. crazy. To, to, we've seen value at market caps move that much in a year easily. Yeah. So, you're referring, though, Kelly, right, to the idea that ARM is sort of this big symbol of U.K. tech, and it's supposed to be this giant that many were hoping would actually list in the U.K., but it is going to list in the, in the U.S., and that has come as a disappointment to many. But I think mm. the range, too, is going to be fascinating. Crazy. I mean, 30 to $70 billion. NVIDIA, remember, wanted to acquire it for $40 billion. Here's wow. an interesting stat as well in terms of the SoftBank picture. 
ARM accounts for a bigger percentage of the company's net asset value more than Alibaba. Isn't that wow. kind of amazing? I mean, we associate Alibaba with SoftBank for so long, but Masasan has been selling down that stake, which really tells you why it is so important. He must get as much out of ARM as he possibly can. $40 trillion combined market cap of the Nicene NASDAQ, $3 trillion for the London Stock Exchange. I mean, listen, these, these things matter. It's a heartbreak for them. Uh, it doesn't even sound like it was close. Yeah. Deirdre, thank you so much. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.